How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to the Cypress Rye Bread Podcast. It has been a while, but I'm here, and I have a very special guest with me, Emily Hess. Say hello, Emily. <laughs> hello. So, Emily has a very interesting story, and I would like a lot of people to hear it because I think there's so much you know, bad that we're hearing or seeing, and, and I'll try to get some a little more uplifting, a little more positive. So, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. How are you? Oh, well, you know, we talked like five minutes ago, so you know how yeah. I'm doing. <laughs> so, so what have you been doing, you know, these last, you know, couple of years? You've been in, now, for people who don't know, you suffer, you had a rare... Medulloblastoma, yeah. It was a rare form of brain cancer. How rare? Um... It's only typically only found in boys under the age of 12. And I was 20 years old and I'm a woman. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So, and it's called what again? Uh, medulloblastoma. Okay. And you were at, um, uh, what's that hospital again? St. Jude. St. Jude, yeah. And they, I guess, did all the amazing things that they did they did i had a fantastic fantastic team that's and, awesome uh, yeah they they saved me so how long have you uh i guess been in remission or how long have you been out of treatment um i have been uh cancer free for five years uh november this november would be my sixth year that's awesome yeah that's awesome yeah and it's crazy. It's crazy. So what have you been doing with your time? Um, being a mom. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely enjoy being with my kids um, and being home with them. I think that's really just my main focus is just being with my family. Oh, yeah. I know. And I mean, you and I both, you know, well, you're more. I'm a stepfather, but you know, but same. you're still a dad just the same. I am. I am. And yeah, it's, you know, very important, especially when you go through, you know, something as traumatic as you did to, you know, then put yourself in front of your kids and be like, Hey, I'm here. Let's it, uh, Yeah. Let's yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. My son case asks a lot of questions um he'll see old photos of me like when it before I was sick and I had long hair and it was definitely an experience for him like now this is his normal but then he sees other kids and their moms and you know he can see the difference you know and he just it, but to him he doesn't care like other kids will be like hey what's wrong with your mom like why does she have hair like, wow. <laughs> you know and I've met Kate well obviously I've met Kate and I mean, he's such a sweet kid, and he, he seems like he is like an old soul. He is. He, he does. He seems like he's, you know, got that old kind of like some wisdom behind him. Yeah. You know, yeah. He's. he's a... Oh, go ahead. He's he's very, he's 
I don't know what the right word is. He's very in tune or in touch is the right word. I don't know. With everything around him and everyone around him. And he, like, takes it all in and then he reacts. You know what I mean? Like, he's... Yeah. Like an intelligent person. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Yeah. Like, someone who, yeah, I'll see something and I'll immediately, like, freak out. He's he's smart. (laughs) He's what I try to be like. That's funny. So, and you have recently given birth to a beautiful daughter. Yes. Yes, my miracle baby. Yes. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that alone was, I mean, that's, when I heard that you were pregnant, I probably cried for a good, you know, 20 minutes because of, I know everything you've gone through and it's just, it's incredible that this happened. It really was, you know, um, a week before I found out I was pregnant, I was at a checkup at St. Jude, and I actually met with the fertility doctor there. That was my fifth uh, fertility specialist that I met with, Um, and they did all my blood work. I had zero trace of estrogen in my body. My, um, I had basically gone through menopause uh, because of chemo, Um, and he, he was very honest but harshly honest when he told me that it would never happen he basically told me to move on you know look into other options it's not going to happen um but something in me I was just like you don't know you don't know me you don't know you don't know anything you know I was just so determined that I wanted to have another child and that it would be possible um, and then a week later, I found out that I was actually pregnant. <laughs> and, wow, red in his face. I hope you yeah. remember something. So, well, so I called my oncologist at St. Jude, and I let him know. And he made sure to let that fertility doctor know that, you know, hey, she had a baby and you were wrong. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. I know I'm, I'm not a religious person, but I, I was like, okay, I see you up there. That's yeah, because that's that's pretty much like you said, you went through like a menopause, like, yeah, I I went through, yeah, I went through actual full blown menopause. I had the night sweats, I had all of that stuff. I was, let's see, let's at the time that that happened, at the time that I went through menopause, I was 24. 24. Yeah, I was 24. When all that oh. set on, yeah, yeah. Now that that was, I can't even imagine. I mean, for lots of reasons, but <laughs> I mean, that's incredible, though, the fact that, I mean, you're obviously you said you're seeing uh, fertility doctors, and so I, you were trying. I was, and we were looking into all the options because I know that there are a lot of kids for adoption and foster care, and we we were talking about that. Uh, But along with foster care and all that, it it comes with the chance that the child could still be taken away. Like, you you might not be able to adopt them. Um, And in that case, you know, that was hard. But then fertility doctors were like, well, there's always egg donation, but that's $12,000. You know, and it's just, wow. you know, it's expensive to have a child. <laughs> and just the adoption foster yeah. thing, that's so stupid. It, it's yeah. pretty stupid. Uh, you know, it's like, hey, you got these parents 
Are because you, you do vet? You isn't there like an interview process you have to go? Yeah, through? there is an interview process. They have to come and they have to look at your house and look at you know make sure all of that is okay. Um, I don't remember if they do like a like a financial kind of thing to see if you could even support the child. I don't remember if that was one of the requirements, but I mean it. It's definitely a huge process. How far into that process do you guys get? We got to the phone conversation of what the process entailed. And then oh. that was that was it. Only because, you know, it's just how much more heartache, you know, heartbreak can you add on mm-hmm. to the already difficult situation? And at that point, my mental health state was so fragile. Mm-hmm that it was just better to just take a step back and say, okay, maybe not right now. Yeah. I can only just imagine. I mean, that's, that's, that's still crazy. I mean, incredible that you, even after all that, you're like, you know what, if it's not going to work, I'm going to adopt. And that's, you know, yeah. a, lot, a lot of people want to do that. And yeah. there are a lot of kids out there who need good parents. Oh yeah. Good people in their lives. So you would think they'd make it a little bit easier for good people. I mean, because I right. mean, I'm a, I can be a pretty decent judge of character. I might not be the best. I mean, if you look at who I've dated, but <laughs> you know, I can at least tell if I walk up to you if you're gonna be a shit bag or not. Right. You know, first instance, it's like, well, don't you get that like first judgment of people sometimes? Yeah. No, yeah, I have been told I'm a very judgmental person, even for people that I don't know. But I feel like for good reason. I think you can definitely pick up a vibe someone has before you even talk to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's important for everyone to, like, hold on to that vibe. And, you know, just first impressions matter. They do matter. I mean, Shelly uh, believes in energy and vibes as well. Mm-hmm. and I remember meeting one of her friends one day and her friend, and this is like in the artsy crowd here where we live. Mm-hmm. And Shelly, I meet this woman and she just looks at me. She goes, he's got a good aura. He's got good energy. <laughs> and I'm just like, what? Oh, that's good. Man. That's good. Yeah. Cause we were just starting dating and I was like, all right. So what does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> Well, I mean, you guys are still together, so it obviously was good. Obviously, yeah, it works out, you know, what, six years later almost. <laughs> but, yeah, because I remember when you were going through treatment, I was mm-hmm. dating. You know, Shelly and I were just dating. I remember coming to visit you. And that was, I mean, it, the St. Jude is just an incredible hospital. It is. It really I is. Ha- I have that museum, too, that I walked through. That yeah. was pretty impressive as well. If anyone hasn't seen it, by all means, you don't have to go when someone's sick. Just go and check it out. It's a really cool place. Right. They, uh, they offer tours and stuff um, all the time. Just set it up. It's an amazing, amazing place. Now, you met some pretty uh, famous people there, didn't you, And during your time? I did. I did. I met, um, I met Lucy Hale who was an actress on Pretty Little Liars. And that was, that was honestly, like, it was great. (laughs) She was 
which I was in um, one of the treatment rooms. I was sitting there. I don't remember what I was doing in there, but I was waiting for the doctor. I think it was for the radiation doctor. And she was walking down the hallway and walked past my room. And I was like, oh, my God. I said to my mom, I was like, that's Lucy Hale. And she heard me or one of her people heard me. And she came back into the room and she took a picture with me. I was so happy. Um, I met her. And then I met an MMA fighter. Uh, if I what? could remember his name, that would be great. Huh. <laughs> it's on an MMA podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, I met him. Um, I know that my dad likes him, but I don't know who he is. But he is really nice. I asked yeah. him if I could have his shirt, and I, he went to take it off. But he was like, I don't have another shirt to put on. <laughs> you should have had Ryan, um, your husband, for people who don't know, Ryan's her husband. Uh, you should have had him switch shirts. <laughs> yeah, that would have been that would have been a good good idea there. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So, so you, regardless of what you were there for, every, mm-hmm. hey, I got you back. Okay. Of course, you know, first episode with a guest, I'm already having technical issues. That's <laughs> a good sign. Good sign for the future. So, but anyways, we, I was saying, um, it, regardless of, I mean, why you guys were there, they mm-hmm. try to make everything more positive and almost trying to get you forget that you're there yeah yeah I mean um between like for holidays what the first when I was there when I was first there I was right before Christmas um and I remember it was really hard because my son wasn't even a year old yet and here I am and I'm don't know whether I'm going to live or die. You know, this is his first Christmas. It was a huge deal. And we stayed at the house and they got him Christmas presents. I, we woke up and I had presents not only for myself, but I had presents for my son. And that was unbelievable. That feeling was just amazing. Wow. Um, yeah, it was it was absolutely amazing. Um, but they I, always have yeah. something there for everyone, not just for the patients, but for their brothers and sisters, um, for the moms and dads that stay there. I mean, it's it's amazing. That's awesome, man. Now I'm glad yeah. all those years prior to that I was given money to St. Jude's at McDonald's. Mm-hmm. yeah no yeah definitely just drop your change in that thing out <laughs> like and that money really does help i mean that pantry there if people went and like they, i mean there's some in chicago around mcdonald houses too like yeah. wherever i mean they stock that pantry there for the community of the people that are staying within that house and it's it's full of everything you couldn't i mean it's it's just full of everything that's pretty awesome. So yeah. when you were first diagnosed, like what were you like what was happening to you? Um, well, I started having headaches. Um, I think it was in September of 2013. I started having these headaches and then they just wouldn't go away and it was just a constant pain. And then they just got worse and worse and I um, one day went to 
pick up my son out of his crib and I almost fell over. And I just remember the room was kind of like, it, it to me, it was like it was turning. It was just turning from side to side. And I put him back in his bed and I called my mom and I said, something's wrong. I'm going to go to the emergency room. Can you watch Case? Mm-hmm. And she was like, well, let's ask your sister to watch him and I'll go with you. Mm-hmm. I said, okay. So we went and here I am thinking like, okay, everyone's nothing's going to be wrong and everyone's going to say I'm just dramatic because that's just who I am. <laughs> and um, the doctor, his name was Dr. Fields. I will forever remember this man because he is what saved me. Um, he goes, well, you know, let's just be safe and let's just do a CAT scan and if there's nothing on there, then we'll, you know, we'll know it's just something, you know, sinus or whatever. Okay. Now, anyone that goes to the emergency room knows that it takes at least two hours to, like, yeah. get your results back and everything. I went in for my CAT scan. I got wheeled back into my room. I literally just got up onto the bed again, and the doctor was already back in the room. Wow. And now that you know, like, okay, this, this is not going to go well. And he looks at my mom and he looks at me and he goes, you have a brain tumor. My mom thought he was joking, legit thought he was joking and started laughing. And she goes, that's not funny. She's like, that's not funny. That's not, that's not a funny joke. Me, I'm like in shock. I'm like, what? And he goes, you have a brain tumor and my mom like at that point like she's laughing and then she's like you're not funny and he goes I can show you and she's like yeah show me the scans because I don't believe you and she he showed her the scans and there it was and I just immediately looked at her and I was like mom I said case I said what about case Wow. I'm sorry. I'm I'm just taken back because that's, I couldn't even imagine. I'm just sitting here trying to just imagine. I can't even. And like your mom was laughing. My mom was. I I can see your mom doing that too. She was laughing. And to me, I mean, at the time, like when someone said, when you hear that, I mean, literally, it was like, it was like an out of body experience kind of because I could just I was just sitting there but I wasn't yeah so I wasn't oh go ahead you just... it was it was it was a lot it was shocking is I guess that's the only word I can think of yeah so after that how long until you were at St. Jude's um so They took me, um, they were going to do flight for life, but by the time they got the helicopter there, um, I guess it wasn't, I don't know, I guess it was too much, too long or something. I don't know. So they took me by ambulance to Vanderbilt Hospital, um, and I had tumor removal surgery two days later. Oh. Yeah. And I remember I was so sad because it was Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving is my favorite time. Yeah. So at that point I had started having them in September and I didn't actually do anything about it till November. So mind you, I had these horrible excruciating headaches 
for holy cow like a really long time um so yeah they they did my removal surgery and I remember just telling the doctor because he was you know, they tell you all the risks and everything. And I told him, I said, the only thing I care about is I want to be able to at least change my son's diaper. That's yeah. it. That's all I wanted to do. And I and I wanted him to save as much of my hair as he could because, yeah. you know, I love my hair. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I understand. I'm trusting so, mine starting to go back a little bit. So I understand completely. Yeah. <laughs> So it just, um, so he, they did the removal surgery. The surgery was supposed to only take four hours. Um, but I guess I ended up being in there for eight. Wow. Um, which was extremely nerve wracking for everybody. Um, and I guess my husband started smoking cigarettes that day. That was really, oh no. (laughs) Yeah. The only man, your husband, your wife has cancer, but let me go smoke cigarettes. But I understand, you know, that was his, that was his outlet. Is he still smoking? Um, no, actually he actually is quit, has quit. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was another battle after, but How, how long did he smoke for? Um, up until about three months ago. <laughs> How'd he quit? Um, he started using the jewel and he had been tapering down his oh, nicotine okay. intake. Oh, that's so, good. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's definitely healthier. Were you giving him shit? I wouldn't. Um, like you understand I, I had a brain tumor and here you yeah. are smoking, you asshole. <laughs> yeah. No, it definitely was that way for a while. Um, but then at the same time, I had to be somewhat understanding that me being sick and the stress of him having mm-hmm. a new life that is cancer ridden and yeah. you don't know what's going to happen. I had to understand that that was what he had to turn to in order to cope. Yeah. And I understand. I'm just giving Ryan shit. He's a good <laughs> no, dude. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> I'm just giving. I quit smoking a year ago. I smoked and I quit um, like a year ago. And so I understand it's a struggle. But that's why I was curious. So you're at, you're at Vandy to do this eight hour surgery. How does your head feel after something like that? After the surgery? Yeah. I remember. Okay. So I remember. You see movies and people are talking about when they're on anesthesia and you're, you think once they get back to their room, they're just there. They're just awake. They just magically wake up. Mm-hmm. That was not my experience. I remember being able to hear everyone, but not being able to open my eyes, uh, which was a trip. Yeah. And I remember the doctor telling my mom and um, grandma was there. And so mm-hmm. was grandpa that the tumor was malignant. Um, and they thought I didn't hear them. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember just having a lot of, it was pain from obviously the surgery, but the pain within my head itself was gone. Well, that's like, at least good. Yeah, that was good. That was a yeah. good sign. Um, all that and pressure. Remember, yeah. The pressure, the pressure was gone. And that was, that was the biggest thing was because my, doctor the doctor who did the removal had said it was a miracle that I hadn't had a stroke 
or brain aneurysm with the amount of brain fluid that or spinal fluid that I had on my brain. Holy shit. Really? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. Um, and you just, and for two months, you walked around with two that. Months. Two months. Yeah. He said that it was an absolute miracle because he said, given if I would have ignored it for another day, maybe two, I definitely would have had an aneurysm and died. Oh my God. That's insane. That is yeah. insane. Yeah. So, so you have the surgery, you go to St. Uh-huh. Jude, you go through your treatments. How many treatments did you have? I had six weeks of radiation and I am tapped out for radiation for my lifetime. I cannot have it anymore again, ever. Wow. Um, yeah. They've given you the max. What, yeah. What's so gonna, I, if they did, are you going to get like superpowers or something? Or is that what they're <laughs> trying mean, to avoid? I would hope if they got superpowers, I want to be able to fly. That'd be great. Oh, yeah. I, just, <laughs> I don't know what I'd want. I probably would want something like stupid, like uh, laser eyes. Yeah, but see what would happen. Yeah, laser eyes. And then I'd have to wear sunglasses all the time. <laughs> but I would, I don't know. I'd love to, like, I would love to, yeah, fly would be great or transport or teleport, I mean, or have super mm-hmm. strength. But I know yeah. mine would be like, what was that one episode of it was I can't remember the but the superpower is you can see through things, but as long as it's only wood. That would be <laughs> my superpower. I can see have x-ray vision, but only through wood. That would be my luck. So you 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 had the max. I didn't know there was a max. I mean, obviously yeah. there has to be. Yeah. So I remember them telling when we first went there and for them going over the type of cancer I had. Um, and I remember the, the doctor, the oncologist saying to, to me and my mom, he goes, you have a son. So your circumstances of being here are different. He goes, so I want to throw everything we have at your cancer so mm-hmm. that we can make sure that it doesn't come back. Mm-hmm. And so we were like, okay, just throw it, everything you got. And that's what they did. We went with the plan with the most intense radiation. And then I had four rounds of the highest chemo available. So I, okay. So they have therapists and psychiatrists there at St. Jude to counsel you and bring, you know, help you cope through it all um and they actually did say that they believe that the fact that I had a child is kind of what anchored me to get through um because you know a mother's love is like no other <laughs> no yeah I like how you said anchor because that's the you know podcast <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's well yeah I I can that kind of, you know, motivation, that kind of strength. And how long were you in there? I mean, how long were you at St. Jude's? During that time, were you able to see Case? Um, Case and Ryan and my dad and my family would uh, drive up, try and drive up every single weekend. Um, so I did. I saw Case um, almost every weekend unless I was sick or he, you know, was sick or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, but from what I can remember, I saw him, I saw him a lot. God, and he wasn't even a year old. 
No, no. And once he turned a year old, um, we did have a little birthday celebration there at the Ronald McDonald House. Um, and that I will always remember that that time. That was great because, you know, I didn't know at that time. I didn't know what was going to happen. So yeah. I was trying to take it all in and really just breathe him in, I guess, is how I could put it. I mean, you got so for the week you're you've been taken away from your kid, you know, your newborn child and well, not newborn, but, you know, almost yeah. a year. And, you know, you spent I mean, every mom spends so much time with their kids. And those are like the most important times in the heaven just taken away because of something that's completely out of your control. I mean, God, I would think that was just, that would right there was enough to just was, be too yeah. devastating. That was one of the hardest things ever because it was really a choice of do I want to live and be with him forever or do I want to just be selfish and stay with him and enjoy these last how many of her months? Um, that yeah. was a really big decision. It was really hard because I missed out on everything on absolutely everything and that was hard because I mean he's my first kid yeah <laughs> so definitely this time around with Charlotte um my daughter I I am helicopter mom I guess <laughs> <laughs> yeah I but you deserve to... it you deserve yeah. it I, you know, I feel like I do deserve that little bit. So I'm a little bit crazy with her. <laughs> yeah. If anyone's allowed to be a helicopter mom, it's you because yeah, you had that whole time with Kay's taken and yeah. oh, I'm so There's, glad though that you had yeah. Charlotte and that you got that yeah. opportunity again. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so little Charlotte, how was mm-hmm. she doing? Oh, she's big. She's good. She's just, she's the biggest ham. Uh, <laughs> she knows she's cute and she'll use it against you. Um, but she's great. She's all over the place. She climbs and everything. She's trying to walk. I mean, she's all over. So how is it? So now that you're a mother of two kids, mm-hmm. how did that's, I mean, that's always a handful, but like with, going through treatment and everything is like your energy back or like, are you having to take anything for it or. So I do suffer a lot of the side effects from both radiation and chemo, um, mainly in my joints. And I have a dropped foot on the left leg. um, So that ankle really bothers me on my left leg. Sounds Um, like your whole left side's just jacked up. Yeah, my whole left side is just, just ruined. It's destroyed. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so I I do have the energy and everything. Um, but I, I was on Neurontin or Gabapentin um, for my neuropathy, for my feet. Um, but those drugs, it's so hard on your body, and they make you so exhausted. So really? I actually, yeah, I actually, um, I've stopped taking those. Um, and then shortly after that, uh, another side effect from chemo, uh, is sometimes people, because you're so used to not being able to eat, you stop eating. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was prescribed, some 
appetite stimulants, and I actually turned towards CBD and marijuana um, to help with the pain. Yeah, I I turned towards that to help with the pain, and I mean, I've been doing that, and I gained weight, and I was healthy, became healthy enough to have another child. (laughs) Um, Wow, yeah. Yeah. You know, so 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 it actually... Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, actually, um, actually, a year, it was a year after I started using CBD oil um, and marijuana that I became pregnant. Um, I am in full belief that CBD oil and all that like really does heal you. It can heal your body. What was it like? How long after you said how long until... Like you, like you made that switch. So you were taking these other drugs for like how long? Mm-hmm. And then you um, switched to CBD. I was taking hard drugs. They sent me home with hard drugs. Um, I was taking those drugs. I think it was like probably, I want to say it was almost six months after, after I completed treatment and all that. Okay. Um, and then, I mean, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was saying that you just felt like, you know, you just didn't want to do it anymore. So we had, well, yeah, I, I became a really nasty person on the drugs that I was on. Um, it was a completely different side of me that I didn't, I, I re- recognized and I didn't want to be that. So I just stopped cold turkey, which you're not supposed to do, but I did. <laughs> um, and, yeah. uh, <laughs> um, I actually had a that weed, though. Yeah, no, I had, I had a, I had a, a neighbor who heard of my struggle, and he helped me out. He said, "Here, this will help you, and you know, let me know if you need any more." And so that's what I started doing, and I immediately noticed a difference in the way I felt. You gotta love neighbors, man. Yeah. They're great. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So there was immediate change. Yes. Yes. Like you were able to drop off those or get off of those prescription drugs that mm-hmm. to be, it probably didn't work. I mean, you, you, we never know. I mean, I don't know if you were to like, if you were to take the CBD and THC and all that, like right when you get out of the hospital, you think it probably would have been as effective or Yes, I do. I think that um, the, I think it would have been more effective, honestly, um, because the way it relaxes the nerves and your pain areas, it like it targets those areas, I feel like. Um, Whereas, you know, those strong, like I was on morphine, so many different types of morphine. and the way that those hit, I, I react to that. I just was tired. Mm-hmm. I was so tired that I couldn't do anything. I'd take it. And then 15 minutes later, I'd be sleeping. And that was my life for a long time. I was just taking it, sleeping, taking it, sleeping. I was making the out on it so much. And then I started using CBD and it was like complete 360, you know, like I was able to focus, stay awake not be in constant pain and it was it was great wow so cbd marijuana 
if you were in treatment, like you're still going through all of that. Now you said it helped mm-hmm. with uh, like nerves. It's going to help your muscles. It's going to yeah. help you relax. It's going to help you eat. Mm-hmm. Was any of that available while you were in treatment where the doctor's like, Hey, the slipper joints, you might be okay. Or, <laughs> I mean, so, at the time um, you're 21. So it's like, yeah, it's right. an adult. you can do it. So I remember being constantly reminded that whatever I did was fine, that they just couldn't know. Yeah. You know, but I, um, but oh, so like, whatever you this do, was already a conversation. Yes. It was a conversation because there at the time, um, when I was awake and able to focus, um, I would research and there at the time, I remember reading a story of a, a father in Australia, Australia, who was jailed because the, he started treating his daughter with CBD oil and she had a brain tumor and it was actually working and it was shrinking and he was jailed because it was illegal. And it was a conversation to where I was like, what do you think if this is an op- is this an option? And at, that's when I, he, you know, he told us, he was like, whatever you decide to do is fine. He's like, but I can't know about that. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. It's not like you when I do your blood work every day. <laughs> right, right, right. And then it's kind of like, okay, would you turn a blind eye or, you know, like how, how would you, how would it go? But um, it sounds like they kind of were on board with it. Like they wanted that because I, if I correct me if I'm wrong, but during that time period, I want to say Tennessee was like a bunch of Vanderbilt doctors or students were leaving mm-hmm. and going to places like Colorado and Washington to study medical right. because of the cannabis movement. And I remember that right. story about the Australian dad. That was so messed up. Is he even out of jail yet? Or I have no idea. Something to look up. Yeah, the something to look up. Crazy laws, man. You know, things it's that... crazy. Things that help people. They're just like, you know, oh, look at this plant. Oh, we should make it illegal. It's all for big pharma. Big pharma, if, if, I mean, because it's so easily accessible to get marijuana and grow it yourself, they have no control over it. And they're, they're losing millions of dollars because people are able to treat every symptom that they have with one plant. Yeah. I, I know you I know, saw so- recently... What was it um, AOC Alexandria Ocasio Cortez going after uh, a pharma lobbyist for an HIV medicine that's like eight dollars in Australia, but here it's like oh, I forgot how much, like six hundred or something. I don't remember. It, See, and, yeah, that's that's a it's a huge problem within our country is that we're we're letting the sick people stay sick because why because we don't want to give them affordable medication yeah well that and i mean it's just a way to keep people down let's be real but yeah. I, I mean it, yes big pharma big you know, part of a big reason but i feel like as a you know as a i don't know if you heard my phone just go off i'm sorry about that <laughs> um <laughs> If people can have the option, like your doctors gave you the choice, like, hey, just don't let us know, but to something that's natural, something that they know will help Mm -hmm. or know that won't really mess with the treatment, 
I, if people mm-hmm. want to self-medicate, what's the harm? It's their lives. Who, I agree. I mean, who in the right mind thinks that one adult can tell another adult what they can or cannot put in their body? Yep. That, and, the, and I see that's, uh, that is an issue because it's like, it, 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 I mean, it's all the same. Like, even with the stuff that's going on with the abortion ban, oh. like, who are you to tell me what I can and cannot do within my own body? Yes. And I mean, and you, I mean, you've had two kids. You are not mm-hmm. a proponent of somebody who is going to have an abortion anytime soon. But, you know, it's I, just, a, it's the reaction to what New York did. And the thing is, and this is how stupid people in Alabama are. And I hope there's people from Alabama listening because you're stupid if you support this. As New York's, you know, they have that late-term abortion. Well, Mm -hmm. do people of Alabama ever, have they ever heard of a stillborn birth or ectopic pregnancies? You know, back in the 80s and 70s, you know, a mother would miscarry and have to carry that child to full term and deliver it. That's what states like New York are trying to eliminate. And Alabama is so stupid. They're, I shouldn't say everyone, but the lawmakers are so stupid that they think it's because of other reasons. And it's like, no, I haven't met somebody, especially now. I mean, especially because average household maybe has two kids now. You know, like mm-hmm. out of the millennial age, we're getting married later. We're not having as many kids. Yeah. And, but the ones who are having kids, I haven't seen all these people that are like, hey, um, I have this child. Or just, I don't want it anymore. Right. Like for every maybe one case that is actually real, there is like thousands of these, you know, stillborn births that they're trying to avoid. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> got to do it. It's Alabama. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I just right? can't believe the whole it's I was reading something and before I even before I even knew, you know, the later thing or more things about like their education. I was like, you know, mm-hmm. that's what you get for being like the dumbest state in the country. And then right, I saw right. the things like they have the 50th uh, word or the they had the worst in the whole continent. I was like, oh, that makes so much sense now. Yeah. That yeah. Was the one meme about how they don't really care about kids if they're 50th in public education. Right. Oh, I saw that too. And it's exactly true. I think that, I mean, it's, it's, it's just horrible because we're, I am definitely a pro-choice person. Um, I agree with abortions to an extent if it's necessary, you know, medically necessary, um, I, I definitely don't agree with people that get them just because they like to have unprotected sex all the time. Oh, yeah, um, I agree. You know, like that, you know, that kind of thing. But at the same time, like, it's just, who are we to tell you that you can't do what you want to do with your own body? 
Well, you it's know? not even who we. I don't think men should have a say on it, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do agree. I do agree with that. Um, because obviously, you don't have to experience the childbirth or the pregnancy. So I do agree with that. But the fact that even it was a woman who signed it, you know, and and yeah. made it official, um, that I think is a huge slap in the face to all women. Yeah, Ivy. I think her name is. Governor Ivy, man, I can't. Mm. That, who, who the hell lobbied to get her to do that? I want to know how much no. money she got paid because, right? As a woman, now that's what was so shocking to me about it was that it came from a woman. Other than the fact that, say, your uncle could rape you and you have to keep that child, that to me is crazy. But you know, it's question. No, yep. that baby's going to be Jesus' second coming. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, I never, I don't understand. And with a woman, it's like, wow. Yeah. But, and like I said, it's, people aren't doing these crazy late-term abortions for, you know, because they just don't want it. There's a reason. Right. Pregnant for they're, yeah. They're not going to carry a baby for six months and then suddenly go. Mm, I don't want it anymore. I think right. they're gonna make a decision real quick because let's be real here. The ones who are out doing all that and they tend to have you know these, uh, they just get knocked up. They're probably out drinking and they don't. They want to stop drinking. I don't want to stop drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I going to stop for six months and go? Mm, I think I changed my mind. Right. And that's what I never understood. And it's like, hmm, that's that's weird but yeah i mean it's just another one of those laws like you said like with marijuana i'm happy cbd you know living in tennessee i'm glad cbd is at least legal mm-hmm. to see the benefits and like you said with your treatment i mean it's who knows i mean who knows where you'd be i mean you had yeah because of it able to conceive another child even after going through menopause and having doctors tell you it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. See? Yeah. Guys. I mean, it was crazy. I mean, I definitely believe that CBD also, you know, it had a part in it, but um, I, I did. I, um, I mean, I just kept a strong faith at the same time, too. You know, I, I know religion is always a touchy topic topic but i did i do remember praying a lot you know um but i definitely you know cbd it healed me it it did it healed me whether it was cbd or it was god or whatever it was i mean i was able to have my daughter and it was it it's amazing cbd gods (laughs) cbd gods (laughs) exactly No, no i mean religion is definitely I'm I'm not a religious person. A lot of people know that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, growing up with all of that in the house, it just it it does bring a lot of comfort. It does help. I think even with prayer, it's mm-hmm. a, especially when you have a goal in mind and you're repeating that goal two to three times a day, like or whatever yeah. once a day or however once a week. It's a constant reminder of the important things in your life and your goals. And yep. There's, it keeps you strong, keeps you motivated. And yeah, you know, praying and religion definitely, 
I can see, you know, along with, you know, CBD and everything will help give you a lot of strength. Now you could eat after you can start doing that. Yes. No. So I was, I was able to eat. Um, I was able to gain weight. I mean, my entire life I was like, you know, like 92 pounds. <laughs> I was super skinny. Um, after treatment, I started losing weight rapidly, like so super fast. Um, and then once I started smoking marijuana, I was able, you know, the munchies, thank God, yeah. um, I was able to gain weight and I've been able to maintain my weight for some time now. Yes. Well, were you, uh, have you like made any changes to your diet? Like were there like, like are you eating way now or? I bet during the um, month, though, you're eating everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like eat everything. But, I mean, um, I didn't eat fast food for a long time. That's a good choice. Which, no, you know, I don't really eat fast food that often, although I, I do enjoy a cheeseburger every now and then. Um, but, I mean, I haven't really – I'm probably one of the worst people to ask that question because I haven't really changed much. I mean, I eat lots more blueberries and fruits. What? But that's about it. Okay. Yeah, I've heard like was it, like Tommy Chong, he had like stage four colon cancer or pancreatic cancer or something. And he mm-hmm. changed his diet and got more CBD. And I think that was like almost 10 years ago. And like, you haven't mm-hmm. about it. But yeah, the, I'm a firm believer that diet is a big, uh, like a big part of like uh, people's health and Oh, for sure. How, and, and yeah. Oh, and just, you know, how, what you eat in accordance to, I get pretty far in depth with it. Like, I am a firm believer now that wherever your ancestors came from, you should try to stick to those foods because it's just more natural to how you, you know, how your family history has gone. And so, like, I could see that. Yeah, and I mean, I'm, it's like I mean, the DNA test people are doing where they're finding out where their ancestors are from and different health stuff. Uh, you know, it definitely is a big advantage. And if you know what normal foods are to that area, if you start eating more of those things, I think there's a big benefit to more of a natural uh, healing and natural, you know, balance to your body. Well, the nurses at St. Jude always used to say, too, that a lot of the nurses that I ever talked to there, they cook everything in a cast iron pan. Oh, yeah, I get um, iron. Yeah, because, yeah, for that exact reason. They're like, it is the, the best way to cook anything is in a cast iron pan because of the vitamins and stuff that you get from the pan and, and what it brings out within your food. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I do cook in a cast iron pan all the time. <laughs> I, I but again like I, I you know I'm, I'm the worst at saying that I could you know I'm not gonna lie and say I completely went vegan or you know anything like that um I definitely oh, I used to eat corn dogs all the time hot dogs all the time and I don't eat those all the time anymore <laughs> oh well I mean I don't know why anyone would go vegan after doing all that I'd be like I'm alive give me a cow right right you know and it, it is it is a double-edged sword because it's like I'm alive. I'm thankful for being alive, but I'm alive and I'm happy. I can eat whatever I want. You know what I mean? (laughs) So how much are you like, how much like do you typically like I uh, smoke or take CBD daily, a couple times a day? 
Do you like um, me all day? <laughs> <laughs> um, definitely a couple times a day. Um, I only smoke though um, before bed, um, and once my kids are in bed, I never do any of that stuff in front of them. Um, but I, I, you know, I do maintain myself. Like if Charlotte goes down for a nap, I will have you know like a hit or two. But I mean that's that's it. Um, but it just, I mean, it helps, it helps me. It helps relieve a lot of my own anxiety, especially because I have another checkup at St. Jude coming up in a couple weeks oh. and the amount, yeah, the amount of anxiety that even getting my schedule for that trip, like it, it just, it's, I can't describe it really. Oh yeah, no, it's, they gave you like an itinerary and a schedule of how everything's got to be done and all the different tests and yeah yeah and then just you know I definitely feel like I have PTSD from my experience um but it's just uh I take it one day at a time and I just stick to what I'm doing because it's working yeah I mean it has to be super traumatic and especially everything that you went through and now that you're here and you're you know trying to live your best life with that fear, you know, it possibly coming back. Cause I mean, when you got out, what did they say about you know, the chances of remission? Um, so I had, um, like an 84, I think it was 84% chance of like a successful, um, cancer free rate. Oh, um, good. yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, everything else was so doom. So I figured they'd be like, oh, you only got 1%. No, 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 no. I had an 84% chance and I mean, it's, it's going good. I mean, I, the hit the five year mark was the goal. Um, and I did. And they said that if my cancer were to come back, it would come back within that five year mark. Um, so on six. here I am going on six. Yes. That's awesome. And then this year will be, or this year coming up will be six. Yep. This year, this November will be six years. Yep. So out of the woodwork for now. Yep. That's, yeah. 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 Now let's talk about one of the most beautiful moments. One of the, honestly, to me, one of the greatest days I've ever had in my life only because just everything. And I can tell you why here in a sec, but your wedding, <laughs> the most emotional thing I have ever been. To, and it was so beautiful and everyone was so happy. And Shelly and I, we were, you know, we were just kind of dating or not dating. I think we were almost together a year at that point, but like, I don't know if it was, you know, just the energy, you know, move back to that energy aura of the event itself, but it was really kind of pivotal points in our relationship where it was like, I love this woman and I want to spend the rest of my life with her. And or I can even say anything. She proposed to me. Okay. <laughs> now I don't know if it was the uh the open bar that was helping <laughs> but again it was she you know it was such a beautiful event and i can just i can the one thing i always remember was the 
when uh, daddy daughter dance with your dad and you had your first dance. Oh man. Yeah. And- that was I mean, obviously I think for every girl it's emotional when they dance with their dad for that that first dance. But I mean, for me it was it was so much more because, you know, we didn't know. We didn't know if that would ever happen. And when it did, it was just I don't know how to describe it. it was my dad is my best friend. Yeah. So. I know your dad's a good dude. <laughs> uh, I mean, and I felt like, cause I looked over, you know, I can see you and your dad and honestly, it really did feel like the world stopped for a minute. Yeah. This was after your battle. Um, I don't know if you guys were planning your wedding before, you know, all of that happened. Cause I know you were, we weren't. Okay. Well, that's one. Yeah, of the- no, we weren't. Yeah, actually, it was it was Grandpa's idea to give me a wedding. Huh. Yep. Well, I mean, he always has the best ideas. Let's be real. Yeah, let's be honest. Come on, though. <laughs> ideas. So. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, that whole that whole day, like I said, it's like the whole world just stopped and everything was at peace. And I look over yep. and I see your mom, my mother, and uh, Patty just cuddled mm-hmm. up together, just bawling, trying to hold each other up. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, this is really happening. This is something that I don't like I said, I said to you the other day, I don't know how there hasn't been a movie pitched towards you yet. <laughs> I was like, and you're like, oh, I'm not pretty enough. You're nuts. You're crazy. (laughs) Well, thanks. Well, thank you. The whole thing. I mean, the whole, what you went through, I I can't ever imagine. I've always, you know, I've, but it's so rare. And then your fight and then what has happened after and where you're at now is really very motivating. And I've thought about you multiple times through the years, you know, these last few years. It just, you know, there's times where I want to quit on something and it's just like, I can just hear you in the back of my head. Just be like, don't be a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) That's just, that's how I feel. It's just, it's unbelievable. And I just, I really wanted people to hear you. Because well, thank you. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And I'm so glad, you know, you're here and I get the, I know we live far apart and I'll, uh, hopefully I can make it to Melissa's wedding. <laughs> That's going to be fun. She's oh, yeah. getting married. Yeah, no, no one, no one can. No one can that there's someone crazy enough. <laughs> 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 Her wedding is going to be the complete opposite. The world's going to stop and wonder how. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But, I mean, but yeah. So, what, what are you going to be doing now? Like, so you've got this time. You've got a new lease on life. What are you, like, are you going to school? Are you trying to work or... So before I found out I was pregnant, I was actually going to school. Um, I had 
uh, enrolled at the Carthage University um, to I was going for social work and then I wanted to I just I wanted to do nursing I want to be an oncology nurse that's what I want to do um, but then once I found out I was pregnant I dropped out um, and I decided that I won't be going back to school or anything until my babies are grown and they're in school Oh, that's awesome. Just yeah. that's, you know, that's what you want to dedicate your life to. And I mean, we need more. I think that's one thing that, you know, a lot of parents have, or a lot of, like I hear a lot through people is like, you know, these kids nowadays, they don't have respond or respect or, you know, they're just yeah. pathetic. And I think a lot of that is because of the fact that we've taken mothers away and taken them out of the homes. Oh yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, think I think that the, the, uh, I don't even know how to put it, that women should be working no matter what, mm-hmm. I think is kind of just bullshit mm-hmm. because, you know, we shame the moms who stay at home because, well, you don't have a real job and you don't know what it is like to actually work full time and have kids. Okay. But I, do work full time. I just work full time at home raising my kids. Yeah, and for people who don't know, that is a full time job. I have done it. I have stayed home and now. Grand stepkids, but man, it is. It is a full time job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And especially with your kids being as young as they are, it's even more of a handful. Yeah. And no, I agree. I, it's crazy that people even be like, oh, well, you're a stay home mom. That's not a real job. It's like, uh, mm-hmm. what are you talking about? I'm making sure our next <laughs> isn't crazy. That alone, <laughs> thank you. Thank you for doing that. All we right. need more of that. And if women want to work, there's go ahead and work. You have the right, right. to work. And in this world now, unfortunately, that's kind of what has to happen. Yeah. You know, we, it's not like the fifties or sixties or seventies where, you know, a husband who's 21, 22 can support an entire family and have a mortgage on just his salary alone. Yeah. And then that is what's sad is that as much as the moms, I know there's a a few moms that would love to just stay home, but financially they, they can't, you know? And, And that's really what's sad is that we made it so that, kids don't have their parents so then we complained about these kids who have no respect for their parents or anybody but we did that to them yes and i mean we get all angry with the school systems and Mm -hmm. i mean trust me i'm not very happy with one of the schools here in town Mm -hmm. um but it's like what's my other option what other options do we have have to do this right. because you know Shelly has to work I have to work we have to be you know we have to do this now we have to trust that this you know government ran system is going to work and it's you know they come home and I ask them every day so what'd you learn today nothing every day oh my gosh nothing. case is the same thing case says the exact same thing what did you learn today nothing exciting it's all about and that's the thing like so they got they did this uh this testing, you know, they do all the testing. It's all the testing. Mm-hmm. And they, oh, there's another dog. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. But um, he's probably hearing me going, who's this asshole? 
But um, yeah, they got they did this test almost a month ago, and ever since they finished the test, they haven't done anything since. And it's like, well, that was fun. So I thank you so much for coming on, telling cool. everyone here your sh- uh, your story. Um, again, it's you know pretty amazing, pretty incredible everything that you've gone through and things you're still going to be going through. And, uh, I, Oh no, I'm sorry. <laughs> no. and, you know, hopefully, you know, we can, I can get you on again and we can talk about, you know, more of, uh, how Alabama's stupid and hopefully <laughs> they change their laws and hopefully, you know, the CBD and THC gets used more, you know, in treatment. Cause I think yeah. you're a testament to, you know how great it really can be yeah no i agree well thank you very much for no thank you <laughs> and i hopefully i'll uh i'll see you soon yeah. for everyone who doesn't yeah. know emily is my cousin um yeah. but I, it's just you know such you know, incredible story and you know for everyone to hear i get i've heard it not everything i haven't heard anything this in depth before so like a lot of yeah. things that you really were like wow Mm-hmm. there's a lot of yeah oh, there's sorry. a lot of other stuff that you probably have never heard but it's yeah it's the whole the whole thing was very humbling as crazy as it was it's very humbling um for myself at least well hopefully next time we can get in a little bit more of those crazier things yeah. but well i thank you and for everyone out there stay toasted <laughs>